0: Everyone relax, this is Tofop, I'm Charlie Clausen and I'm here to introduce another compilation episode. We're taking another week off the show, but that doesn't mean you're without Tofop content because uh, Podcast Mike has compiled some highlights from the show this year and I am here to introduce all of them. I'm back in Tofop HQ, I'm sort of wearing clothes, I'm in my pyjamas, kind of. Well, I'm half pyjamas, I, I was in pyjamas, I made half an effort to get dressed and this, I changed from my pyjama top, which is a t-shirt, into a outdoor T-shirt so I could go and get coffee but I'm essentially in my pyjamas so um, hopefully that doesn't influence the read at all again just more professionalism that you're used to when it comes to TOEFOP um, but uh, if you want to check out these clips visually you can go to our YouTube channel ToFOP TV on YouTube we are putting up highlights from the show every week on YouTube as well as full episodes to listen to and if you want to watch a full episode you can go to patreon.com tofop sign up for any amount from a dollar up to whatever, and you can access not only our premium content, but a bunch of other bonus content as well, including the uh, comic strips, Evan Relax, and Quantum Cop. Uh, Just a little side note, we are looking to conclude Quantum Cop in the next... Couple of months. That's right. It is the Chinese democracy of comic strips. But Foz and I have been uh, exchanging emails, working on a script, and Quantum Cop will be winding up soon. So that, if that's an incentive to sign up to the Patreon, um, then 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 you should definitely do it. Um, but there's lots of great bonus content up there. We put up a bonus episode every fortnight or so, and every week you can get to see full videos of this show. But enough of my gas bagging. Let's get to the clips now. This first one was regarding the controversy around uh, WAG Nadia Bartel being filmed snorting a mysterious white powder off a Kmart plate or a was it a Target plate or something like that. Anyway, uh, Will and I get into the ins and outs of the media's favourite term, mysterious white powder. Take it away, us.
1: For people who don't know who Nadia Bartel is, firstly, well done. Like, but she was uh, she's a... She was famous for becoming, like she was a wag. I mean, which, you know, she was married to a very uh, famous footballer. They had a couple of kids and then they split up and she's become, she's got her own career as an Instagram influencer, you know, um, in that world. And during the Melbourne lockdown, uh, she was having a party with some friends with some suspicious white powder, unidentified white powder um, and somebody accidentally posted it to Instagram. So she did not get, She got busted by the cops for breaking the lockdown protocols. So they got fined whatever the big fine is. It's like $4,000, $5,000 or whatever, you know, each, I think, or whatever it is. So there was punishment for that. But the story was that they couldn't... They didn't charge them for the drugs because they couldn't identify what the white powder was. That's amazing. I mean, I guess... You know, that luckily they destroyed all the evidence. I suppose, <laughs> but isn't that weird? Like that you would have, I mean, in that conversation, like take it mm. away from Nadia Bartel. Say you yep. and I were at a party back in the day, you know, and yeah, you know, luckily we just listened to an episode we of, were of was, Fop. Yeah, we're, and we're just doing the traditional thing. They've cracked us up, <laughs> yeah. so we're racking up. And you got a three dollar, grab the three dollar Kmart plates, <laughs> and somebody's accidentally posted that to Instagram. Yeah. And the cops come knocking on your door. Like, what happens next? Do you confess to the idea of what it was? Like, because surely for the cops to say we can't identify the powder, you've got to do a bit of,
0: oh, we don't know what it was, or like, because so you're doing the, the, the shaggy cops... defence. Is it the shaggy defence? Well, it's not. Well, wasn't it wasn't me. Was... It's more like no, wasn't wasn't drugs.
1: No, it wasn't drugs. <laughs> <laughs> it was sherbet. It was whiskey. I th- I'm, look, I think. I would be terrible. Or do you at, think it's just the cops that don't bother going into this? The cops are like, there are so many people doing this sort of shit. We're not, it's not in our business to, you know,
0: arrest somebody. I think if it was like a pile of doing cocaine. Doing bag of cocaine with their friends. Yeah, I think from yeah. the, the video, it was like a, a very small amount of drugs. And I, yeah, I guess it would be a waste of their time. And, you know, what are they, she, she's going to get a fine or, or something yeah. like that. But it is weird. That because I always find it funny when they always describe it as a mysterious white powder or a white yeah. substance. It's like, I mean, technically, <laughs> most of the time when
1: you do buy those sort of yeah. drugs, they are a mysterious white powder. <laughs> yeah, so I suppose that is it's, it's more absolutely accurate. accurate. Maybe they tested it and it turned out it was just real bad coke, and the cops were like, "I'm so sorry, you've already been punished. You paid three hundred fifty dollars for a bag of like washing powder and Ajax well, or whatever." Well,
0: didn't wasn't there another like? um Jack Watts, the ex-AFL footballer, he was also filmed or photographed or was reported to have been snorting a mysterious powder. And his defense was, oh, it wasn't drugs. It was some other kind of non-illicit thing that I have to snort. Oh, that's right. Well, I think his was though, wasn't it?
1: Because was true, it here really? at Oktoberfest and it was snuff? Right. And it's like quite a famous thing that they do over there. It's like oh, some sort right. of snuff that they do it. Now I'm not. Well, why doesn't everyone just that, use that
0: defence? Just, just call well, it the what's defence. Not
1: have defense.
0: to be at <laughs> right? Yeah, it was. Well, it was almost October. It was. It was too, pre-Octoberfest. That's my defence. <laughs> we were around. having
1: some pre-Octoberfest drinks, and we passed around the snuff
0: plate. There was a photo uh, came out a couple of years ago that Courtney Cox posted, and it was like all the friends mm-hmm. hanging out together, like the first time, first time that they'd been photographed together since the show had ended. And some eagle eyed you know, people had seen in the very background, there was just like a on the coffee table, just like a little pile of white powder, which again, it was the kind of shaggy defense of like, no, it's not drugs. And it's like, you just happen to have a small pile of white powder on your coffee table at 3am when you decide it's a good idea to take a photo of you and all your friends.
1: Splendor. Somebody had just had a coffee,
0: they poured out some
1: splendor on the table.
0: Oh, I thought you meant Splendor, the music festival. They'd just come back from Splendor and they'd done all their drugs. And then one of them remembered they had a packet left in their pocket. This next clip is when uh, the listeners, you guys, teabaggers, took it upon yourselves to come up with um, various slogans to do with TOEFOP relating to your profession. We all know that we have, uh, we're the number one medical Uh, podcast in Australia, and therefore we keep them laughing so they keep you living. That is our slogan for doctors. But many of you work in different professions, you're not doctors, and so you came up with your own slogans. Um, And if it wasn't slogans for your own profession, it was stuff you imagined for other professions, including being a urologist. So here's a discussion around a toefop slogan for urology. I mean, this, this is barely anything. He, he says, uh, I'm not a medical professional, but if I was a urologist. So, okay, nice. somebody deals if with If I was. This is, a,
1: yeah. this is a Marvel, you know, what if universe spin off. I am yeah. not a urologist, but if I was, this is what I'd say.
0: Okay. It doesn't rhyme. Mm-hmm. It's more to do with a crude metaphor for laughter. Yeah, so they keep taking the piss so
1: people don't piss themselves or something like that. Something like that.
0: When you uh, are laughing
1: uncontrollably, you are... You piss yourself? Yeah. Pissing yourself? Yes.
0: Yeah. So they keep you... Not pissing yourself? No, he, no I think a urologist wants you to piss yourself.
1: <laughs> oh, do they? We oh, keep yeah, you okay, pissing right, yourself no so
0: wrong. you keep them pissing your, them, them, sorry. We oh, keep okay. you. okay. Nah, this, this is...
1: They keep us pissing ourselves, so we keep them pissing
0: themselves. This gets very confusing. No, it's, we keep you pissing yourself. He's talking, we're talking to the urologist. Remember, this is our slogan. Uh Hey, urologist, we keep you pissing yourselves, so you keep them pissing themselves. Okay, that's
1: clever now that you've said it
0: like that. Is it? It does work. Is it? We keep
1: you, urologist. We put the you in urologist. Hey, urologist. We keep you pissing yourselves, so you keep, keep them, them pissing Because no, you don't themselves. want them to piss themselves. You, like, <laughs> you're a terrible you, urologist. You want them to stop pissing themselves, I imagine. Like, if you're pissing yourself, you would go to a urologist
0: and say, What's going on? And the urologist would be like, I, I will stop you from pissing yourself. Well, I think maybe the profession is the confusing part. If it was a pathologist and you need yeah. someone to give a urine sample, you'd be really? like, Keep me pissing myself so I can keep them. But pissing this is, is... This, is, this p- is the problem with speculating on other people's
1: industries. Like if yeah. this was an actual urologist, he would have nailed this because he knows what the job is. Whereas this person does not know what the job of the urologist is.
0: Yeah, kind of like when we talk about entertaining people. Like if we genuinely knew what we were doing. All right. I
1: think that with a urologist, I imagine that like sometimes you want people to... Like you might be dealing with a blockage or whatever that you're want people to be able to piss again but you still don't want them to piss themselves i can't imagine i can't imagine the end result for a urologist that their target is for
0: anyone to ever piss themselves i mean i wonder to piss sure yeah but not to piss piss themselves themselves, because that suggests you're wetting your pants i mean i guess how could we improve it it's something along the lines of we keep you hissing so they keep on pissing or Mm. we keep them we keep you we give we, we, we uh, give you a we give life? you a, a comedy glow mm. so they get a, a yellow flow. That's good. That's
1: not bad. Steady yellow flow, I think. A steady yellow flow. Yeah. Or like um, we are piss funny, so they don't piss funny.
0: <laughs> 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 we love hip hop here at uh, uh, a Topop HQ, and we love our workwear. <laughs> That's a terrible segue uh, to introduce this next clip in which Will and I realize that there is quite a number of similarities between Australian workwear brands and rap crews in terms of naming and credibility. So without any further ado, here is Workwear or Rap Crew. What other kind of blue collar labels could do a tie in with Aussie hip hop?
1: Well, I mean... uh, Sweat hog? King I mean, G. King,
0: oh, that King but that G sounds like a rapper. Sounds
1: like a rapper, right? If there was a yeah. new rapper called King G, you'd be like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense.
0: I'm a dope-ass MC. My name is King G.
1: King G. All the other MCs are
0: wearing me. Yeah. <laughs> What else is there? This is great. I like this game. Okay, so you got well. um, Well, could you go like? uh, I don't know if this is blue collar, but you know, a a lot of tradies get their gear from Best and Less. Like Mm. you'll find a lot of high vis vests and like you know cheap uh, explorer socks and stuff from Best and Less.
1: Yeah, I reckon Best and Less. I mean, I reckon that's like a salt and pepper style two piece. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, I'm yeah, best and yeah. I'm less. And together yeah. we're best and
0: less. And I wonder if you kind of spell it differently. So, like Eminem, it's uh. not actually how it sounds. You spell it differently. Oh, no, just with dollar signs. Oh, yeah. Best, <laughs> or B, B dollar sign T and <laughs> L double, double dollar sign.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the blue collar crew. Shit. That's their collective, the blue, oh. blue collar crew.
1: Oh, yes, exactly. So yeah, it's a, it's a whole range of blue collar rappers, and they come together
0: in the Blue Collar Crew. Yeah, I love it. All there's right, actually, let's tell it to <laughs> if you ever want to go down a, a, a YouTube rabbit hole, mm. if I can't remember what I searched for, but a mate of mine sent me this link to. There's a lot of like, you know, I guess non-professional Aussie hip hop guys who like oh, yeah. to like put music videos out on YouTube and stuff. And so a mate of mine sent me a bunch once, and they're fantastic. But there was one by this group who I believe were bouncers. They worked at Revolver, or they worked at a bunch of Melbourne clubs, like Revolver and strip clubs and stuff. And they had a hip-hop collective called Bouncers, or The Bouncers. I can't remember which. But they had (laughs) at least three or four videos online, and it was like, Oh, this is the blue-collar crew. Like, it it was all about – I mean, they were called The Bouncers and the songs were all about being a bouncer. (laughs) What it's like working on the door at (laughs) Revolver. Which seems to be really enjoying a fight. Just loving – just waiting for someone to pick a fight with you.
1: All I'm going to say is all the names – I've just Googled Australian workwear brands and all of the names of the workwear brands sound like rap crews. Okay, That's what I've actually worked out now. So, we've got King G – Absolutely. Yep. Hard Yakka. Absolutely. Yeah. Bisley Workwear. What? Like if I saw a rapper called Bisley Workwear, I'd be like, yeah, man, have you heard the new Bisley Workwear? <laughs>
0: but Love work it. is spelt W-E-R-K.
1: Yeah. Um, and Bisley would be spelt B-Z-L dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw a dollar sign in there. <laughs> Just, uh, DNC Workwear. You're down with DNC? Yeah, you know yeah, me. you know me. And this is my favourite, seismic. S Y Z M I K. Already, spelled like already ra- spelt like a already spelt like a. That's amazing.
0: Now it wouldn't be an episode of Topop without some discussion around Batman. Um, Robert Pattinson is due to make his debut. His day bat as Batman real soon and so uh, Will and I discussed the latest trailer which I don't even know by the time you hear this there's probably been another bunch of trailers uh, released but when we recorded this it was a few months ago it was the new new trailer then and so we discussed what we think of the trailer and Robert Pattinson. Uh, yes I did watch the uh,
1: uh, Batman trailer in fact I watched it just before we came on to do this podcast just in case we wanted to talk about it uh what were your initial Mm. thoughts are you excited Um, about the idea of a new batman movie
0: no no like it's funny i I watched it this morning and then i showed it to jem well my first thoughts were like this looks like seven this looks like if david Mm. fincher in 1996 had made a batman movie i imagine this is what he would have made um which is fine like i like nirvana i like david fincher all the references are fine but I showed it to Jem and I think she summed up how I felt. She was like, Oh yeah, it would be great if this was for an original idea. <laughs> right. I was like, yeah, I think that's that's the kind of point. Is that it all had it had all the bells and whistles and stuff, but I just was I was not excited by it. I felt like seen it before. In the same way that the Joker that Joker felt like it was let's take all the best bits from those seventies kind of films, Scorsese films. This feels like, oh, let's take all the best bit from the late nineties and we'll make that. My other issue is Robert Pattinson as Batman, which seems crazy because my issue with him is I just am like, I don't find him intimidating in the slightest. And it's crazy because like Michael Keaton was Batman and, you know, he was Mr. Mum. Yet somehow I think that, oh, no, I can sort of buy him being crazy enough to wear a Batsuit. But I just, I don't know. There's something about him that I'm like, ah, oh, could he? I can't see him being... Unhinged. Christian Bale, 100%. Could see him being unhinged. Ben Affleck, yeah, he looks like like a roided out Batman bro. But I'm just not buying the, the bat and bat.
1: Yeah, like you, you look at a guy who played a vampire famously in a whole bunch of movies and go, I just can't associate with him with bats in any way. <laughs> this man. No, it's, it's just, um, no I know what even, you mean. But you haven't seen Tenet, right? No, I haven't seen Tenet. It's so, he's so good in Tenet, not playing an intimidatory character, but just like right. so good in that movie that it makes you think he could do anything. Like it's okay. one of those, it's one of those performances where you're like, yeah, I just want to see what you do with this. Cause I now think you're a really good actor.
0: I, I, I think he's a good actor. I, I have, I've seen him in stuff that I really like, yeah. like the Rover and stuff, but it's just more, I don't know this. I think to play Batman, you either seem to have to be unhinged, like, you know, George Clooney and Val Kilmer aside, you got to have that kind of crazy that Michael Keaton has, or you've got to have that intensity that Christian Bale has. And I just, I don't know. I haven't seen that in Robert Pattinson. I think he well, I also like,
1: we haven't seen it in these in this trailer.
0: That's true, right?
1: I don't think that. Like, I think he could play both of those things, but there's nothing from these tra- the the, uh, the teaser in the trailer to indicate like they didn't show us enough of that or any of that really. Like, you know, yeah. Like you see a little of him being deranged, you know, kind of like screaming at whoever you assume is maybe the Riddler through the like the screen or whatever. Like, you know, there's moments where you're like, oh yeah, that's like him being like deranged Batman, but you don't see, you know, any of that enigmatic side or whatever that other side wouldn't necessarily obsessive, be of him.
0: Kind of. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, the other thing I'd say, and I did put something on Twitter, is there's a scene which is great for a trailer where he's coming down a hallway and there's two guys oh, yeah. with machine guns and they're just like blasting him with machine guns and he takes them out. And I'm like, the part of the appeal of Batman is that he's not superpowered, You know, that he's had to train, hone his body and train his ninjutsu skills to a point where he can outsmart and use stealth and he can be brutal when he wants to, but he's not going to walk headfirst into gunfire. That seems like a real dumb approach. And if you give him this like, bulletproof suit, then I don't know. I just, I think you take away a very compelling element of Batman. Okay. So
1: here's what I would say about that. I I don't have as much of a problem with the suit because he's always had various forms of armor. Right. Mm -hmm. But I absolutely agree with you on his tactics. Yeah. Because like, how does he know they're not going to shoot him in the face? Yeah. Like he he doesn't have like a Ned Kelly hat on. Like, right. So you're absolutely correct. Like, yes, he's got body armour on, but the way that he's going down that corridor is as if he's impervious to being shot. Whereas if they just aimed up about 10 centimetres, they would have murdered Batman
0: and that's the end of the movie. And you could also understand if he was walking straight at them and they were firing like single-shot revolver or a handgun, but they're spraying wildly with a I machine mean, gun. You could like, have your eye like, out on a ricochet, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> just drenching... There's a similar scene in The Dark Knight Rises where he... And it doesn't I mean, even put her. your arm armour up in front of your <laughs> eyes at the very least, you know? <laughs> I mean, look, I was watching it on my iPhone. Maybe he was, but I, I couldn't make it out that well. But there's that scene in The Dark Knight Rises where they're in the going into Bane's lair with, with him and Catwoman. And he does that weird sort of like zigzaggy thing where he's hard to shoot. And it's like, well, that makes sense. He's a ninja. He sticks to the shadows. He's going to make it hard for you to hit him. But... This one was kind of like, come at me, bro. Like, right. I'm just going to walk. I'm going to walk like a, like just headlong into... Face first. To, to I'm going to face unprotected first. Unprotected face the, first. Um,
1: beautiful, I mean, unprotected face first.
0: If you're a regular listener to Tofop, you know that I've spent quite a bit of time in Queensland this year, specifically on the Gold Coast. And uh, one of the things that happens in the Southern Gold Coast on a Sunday night is... Uh drum circle and fire twirling. And so uh, this next clip is me talking Will through my last visit to the drum circle and a realization that maybe I'm a cop. I mean, I even went out last night. We had um, a couple of friends come down from Brisbane and uh, in, the, in the Southern Gold Coast on a Sunday night, there is a drum circle that happens every Sunday night, like traditional, mm. old school, barefoot, hippie, Drum circle where, like, what there's two I wouldn't say stages because it's just set up in the park, but there's two ring lights set up so arenas. One is for fire twirling, and one is for drum circling. So, the drum circle is probably about I'd say between 20 and 30 drummers, and then probably anywhere between 30 and 60 dancers in the drum circle. So Often on a Sunday, we'll take Iona down to the beach, you know, we'll maybe get some fish and chips down there. Then as the sun goes down, the drum circle starts up, we'll go watch the drum circle. Now, here's what I'll say about drum circles is, and come at me, drum circle aficionados, because I feel like you've seen one drum circle. They can't come at you. They can surround you. That's what they're very good at. But I feel like you've seen one drum circle, you've seen them them all. Because I guess there is some kind of, and I, you know, I, I am fully claiming ignorance. I don't know culturally yeah. where they originated. I don't know if it's specific to like yeah. South America or the African continent or whatever it is. But, yeah. you know, the idea is everyone just gets together and just creates a giant rhythm. And then everyone feels the rhythm and they all start dancing. And occasionally a dude with white dreadlocks will lead a chant. <laughs> that's <laughs> a, that's the thing that happens in this drum circle. Yeah. So, uh I it feel may like...
1: not be representative of all drum circles around the world. There may be very no. culturally appropriate drum circles. You're just
0: describing this particular brand of drum circle. Well, I did think that maybe there was like a giant amount of cultural appropriation going on. But then the more I've mingled in this drum circle, the more I've realized there are People from all kind of countries and backgrounds coming here. So I'm thinking that maybe it is like a intercontinental tradition that this kind of conservative, right. scared a middle-aged white man doesn't understand. It's it's prim- primitive. It's primal.
1: It's about rhythm and getting in a circle and communing with other people and just like feeling it, feeling connected to each other and That's feeling connected so- to the planet Earth. And like you know, it's like it's instinctive. Like I see that. Like the circle has always throughout, like the stories that we've told each other, like, signified, you know, like, let the circle be complete. Like, the wheel revolutionized what we are as human beings. We live on a globe, like, circles and seeing things in full circles, the season coming around, like, you know, the passing of the years, all these sort of things. Our clocks are represented as circles. You know, we look at the passage of time in a circle. So, I, I get the power of a circle. Like, I yeah. think circles, just by the very nature of them, if I see a whole bunch of people in a circle, I'm like, what's going on over here? Oh, why oh well, they look. You
0: got that biscuit in the middle. <laughs> That's horrible. That's <laughs> horrible. But you're right. It's the power of the circle, because I was standing there watching all these people dancing with abandon, barefoot, in the dirt, you know, feeling the rhythm and stuff, and I was, I could not switch off the cynical part of my brain. Like, I couldn't switch off, mm-hmm. like, the judgmental, oh. cynical part of my brain. And so then I was like, well, why don't I turn this high-powered cynicism on myself and start judging me? Like, why is it that I have to hate a good time? Why can't I allow these people? Why am I – because I was watching it going, oh, it's so try-hard. And what is all this shit? And, like, are people actually coming down here cause for the, to feel the rhythm and something primal? Or is it to hook up and smoke weed and all that Who kind cares? of stuff? And then They're I'm like, all good Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's – well, that's right. That's where I was getting to. <laughs> And so I was having all these thoughts and because there's been a couple of times where, you know, someone in the drum circle has like, hey, you know, why don't you come join in? And I'm always like, no, no, no. has joined in. Ayanna's joined in. She's like got her dirty feet. But I've always been like, ah, I'm too self-conscious and um, I don't know. Like, I think I'd just be judging myself the whole time. And I love yeah. to dance. Don't get me wrong. I love to cut a rug. If you invite me to your wedding, I will dance. I will dance, I will dance the Fandango. But there's something about this kind of dancing that I was like, ah. It's almost like... It's like when I went to uni and did my arts course and it was like an arts campus and everyone was much more blue haired and nose ringed than I was. And I remember like, you know, when I was doing these courses, these photography courses and film courses and stuff that I felt like I didn't, I wasn't cool enough. Like my references weren't cool enough. My language wasn't cool enough. You've always presented as an undercover cop. Square as square could be. (laughs) Yeah. No, but
1: not square. You're not a square. You look like an undercover cop. Like you look like a guy who's like very cool adjacent. Like they've got together in the police station and gone, this guy needs to infiltrate these group of people, (laughs) dress him in what cops think these people are wearing and (laughs) what talking about, you know what I mean? Wrestling. I bet they're into wrestling. Talk
0: about wrestling, heaps. So it's funny you should say that. Because, oh, so I'm watching this like, you know, these people dancing with abandon and, you know, um, the fire twirlers, you know, twirling their things around and and having this conflict and, and not joining in while everyone else either observing or participating seemed to be enjoying the spirit you of know. what was going on. The only other people who were standing next to me staring on, yeah. judging? Cops. Cops. <laughs> There was four uniformed and two plainclothes officers standing about 10 feet from me, having exactly this... Well, I'm sure they're having different kind of thoughts. I'm probably trying to see if anyone's like smoking weed or, or whatever it is. But I was just like, oh my God, I'm a cop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a goddamn cop.
1: You're an undercover cop. They probably nodded at you. They probably gave you a wink. They knew you were on the job.
0: We love getting letters from you guys and... Uh, Sometimes they're unexpected, like this one from a teenage listener who started listening to Tofop way too young, in my opinion, at the age of 13. Um, I'm not sure if he meant to uh, slight us with some of the the things he wrote in his email, but I did feel slighted. But at the same time, we got cut through to that young, bloody, zillennial demographic when he's got a disposable income. Don't you worry. Uncle Charlie's going to come calling to sell him some merchandise, (laughs) because that's, that's what you need to be cool at university is some TOEFOP merchandise. Don't do it. Teenage listener who wrote in, don't do it. Anyway, here's the clip. I started listening to TOEFOP three years ago when I was 13 and I've enjoyed every episode. Okay. It does suck as a 16-year-old now with mates that mm. don't listen to podcasts that I can't talk to them about a podcast with two middle aged men who discuss their bin issues and abnormally, abnormally enthusiastic interest in the rock.
1: I mean, can you imagine having to explain that to
0: 16 year old friends? I mean, like what would we... have been the equivalent when we're in high school? So, mm-hmm. so, if he was 16, so we are, what, 30 more than 30, 35 years older than him. Yeah. So, when you and I were at high school, who would, would that have been Monty Python? How old's John Cleese? He'd be yes. 70-something. I, I believe we're exactly like Monty Python. Okay, but a shit version of Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: Kevin Bloody Wilson. Yeah, okay. But even though, no, but at high school, all your mates love Kevin Bloody
0: Wilson. Like,
1: But it is, I think that this could be something because it is adults. Like, we're people your parents. Like, I mean, Yeah. like, we're your parents' age. Like, I, I imagine that Oliver's parents are probably the same age as I am, right? Like, yeah. Because I'm 47. What's he? Like 16 16. years old. So that means, yeah, like if they were 30 and they're like 30s when they have... So of the same generation, right? So for him, this is like, imagine like tuning into a podcast and hearing people your parents age talk the fucking
0: nonsense that we talk. I mean, I guess like there were mates of mine who did not like Monty Python, who thought it was just dumb old people shit. Or like, you know what it would be like? The Goon Show. Mm. The Goon Show was just a bit too far removed for me yeah. to get. Like I know that my dad and his mates liked it and I could I, I could see the kind of seeds of, oh yeah, this is meant to be funny, <laughs> but I don't get it because it's old men doing funny voices and but shit. But
1: even at my school, like things like the big gig and like the Doug Anthony All-Stars and that style of comedy was only a kind of niche was comedy it? in the school yeah Like the... the like the comedy company and yeah. fast forward and like that these was big the sort of be your mainstream. That's what everybody yeah. was into. Like to be into those ABC shows or those ABC acts was still it's true.
0: It was kind of a bit niche yeah. and nerdy, you know. I guess like like the majority of my mates weren't watching The Money or the Gun no. when I was at high school. <laughs> Even the Late what? Show. We all remember
1: the Late Show as being this like really popular show, but it's only really popular between. Like all of our friends, because it affected us all so much and made us want to do what we do. But was that not? Wasn't that mainstream popular? No, no, they had two seasons because hmm. it wasn't popular. It didn't do that well.
0: Is that right? Yeah, but it was Fucking like that hell. first. Wow. What
1: they say about that first? Um, oh, uh, Lou Reed um, album. What's his band called? The Velvet Underground. Um, So the first album like sold 50 copies or whatever when it came out, but like that everyone who bought a copy went and started a band or whatever the thing they say is. And like that was what The Late Show, I mean it it became more popular in its sort of legend and as people discovered Mm. it on like video and all those sort of things. But, you know, it was only a a two-season show. Uh,
0: My older brother, who also listens to this show, and myself often talk about Tofop and Tofop stories at the dinner table, which leaves my parents slightly confused, but interested. Okay. Charlie's old man experiences are usually talked about and has led my brother, my mum, and myself to conclude that Charlie is very similar to my dad.
1: Okay, there you go.
0: Which makes sense. In recent years, dad has had issues with the neighbours, which has led to him doing some pretty Charlie-ish things. (laughs) like putting some brightly painted tree stumps on our front verge to stop the neighbors from driving on the verge garden. My mum remarks, Charlie sounds just like your dad, with dad <laughs> replying, I can totally understand why this Charlie did that. <laughs> I love two guys one cup. Your footy knowledge or lack thereof is amusing and sometimes cringe worthy. <laughs>
1: that sounds about right. getting
0: schooled by a sixteen year old. <laughs> they tell it like it is the kids. They do. I'm trying hard not to flex on Charlie here. <laughs> but I'm an Eagles supporter, and I've already seen two premierships in my lifetime. Oh, it's an amazing feeling to witness your team win a premiership. No, you haven't seen. Oh, he has. Yeah. One was, hey, buddy, bullshit. The first flag was when you were born. That doesn't count. You have not seen two flags in your lifetime. You can't count that. In the first six years, doesn't count. I mean, you're still alive,
1: and you can watch the replay. Yeah, but... You didn't live through the season.
0: You didn't live through the season. It's an amazing feeling to witness your team win a premium. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) I'm getting pissed off, Oliver. (laughs) I do sympathize with you, Charlie, and I hope that you might experience that feeling one day. One day. uh, Great. The 16-year-old's bloody trying to make me feel better.
1: patronizing you. You're being patronized by a 16-year-old.
0: He's going to call me a city boy very soon. Yeah. During, lock- <laughs> During <laughs> lockdown last year, I started listening to Faux Fop from the start and then the earlier Toe Fop episodes, which has been a real eye-opener in terms of what 30-something-year-old men like to discuss occasionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the great content. You guys have always made me laugh and I truly appreciate the work you do to release such entertaining stuff. I recently became a Patreon subscriber because I realised that the pod is worth paying for. You know what? We're getting a little pocket money. A little pocket money. <laughs> He's you know collecting trolleys at his local woolies, and we're <laughs> bloody dipping it our over beaks.
1: for <laughs> Patreon. I appreciate it. His mum
0: is like, "Can you please save for a car or to put yourself through uni?" He's like, "Nope, no. I have a podcast two I want middle to support." <laughs> This is a fairly recent highlight from the show, but it seemed to capture the imagination of, of quite a, a few of you. We did a Halloween episode where I went onto Reddit, went to a supernatural subreddit to be specific, and uh, just read out stories to Will um, from people who had had supernatural experiences, including this one person who had a Bigfoot encounter, but different to any other Bigfoot encounter I've ever heard of. Um, it's probably best if I just leave it to me in the past to explain. Take it away, Charlie in the past. <laughs> A man reported seeing a Bigfoot-like figure on three glowing or metallic red balls hovering over the freeway about 75 yards in the air. The witness slowed his vehicle to about 10 miles an hour to get a better view when the figure began to fly north across a wheat field. Okay, so just let's just pause there. So a Bigfoot.
1: Run me through it again. So Run me through what you think is happening here.
0: A Bigfoot Mm. sitting on three glowing or metallic red balls Mm-hmm. Is hovering above a freeway about 75 yards in the mm-hmm. air. A witness. Unlikely, has- <laughs> I would say.
1: Unlikely. <laughs> Unlikely that this Reddit forum is the first time we're hearing about this, if it indeed happened.
0: A witness has seen this, has seen this mm-hmm. Bigfoot. This, um, mm-hmm. you know, generally, if you're unfamiliar with what a Bigfoot looks like, because there is an artist impression, it's a giant gorilla, an upright gorilla. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sitting on three red balls, like the balls that um, David Bowie. Plays with in labyrinth, you know the mm-hmm. and they, but they're red and metallic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they're he,
1: stacked end on end.
0: No, three, uh, no, in a triangle.
1: Okay,
0: in a triangle, and he's sitting on top of the the, the triangle. Okay,
1: yeah. yeah, all right. Not
0: stacked. Two on the not they're stacked.
1: All, so they're not they're two, all, okay.
0: Do you know what I mean? They're in a, arranged in a triangle. If they're flat okay. on a pool table, they're just one, two, three. Them, okay, right? but
1: like he's that. sitting sort of what in the, on one of them or in the middle? No, of No, in the them middle or... of all
0: three. In the okay. in the in the apex or the vortex. Mm. Adam Spence the... is going to fucking come at me for getting apex and vortex wrong because oh, I feel like that's his great pleasure now <laughs> is fact checking me, my inability to fucking calculate dates and and leap years and shit like that. So have at it, Spence. That one's just for you. I don't know what a vortex or an apex is. Uh, okay, so the witness sees it drifting across a wheat field. I would like to know what pace it was drifting. What does it say? Um, he slowed his vehicle to about 10 miles per hour to get a mm. better view. It doesn't say how, f- how fast the, the, the Sasquatch is floating. He could only see the back of the creature, and uh-huh. it was solid black with what appeared to be a suit or a hairy cloak <laughs> uh, sitting on appeared to be three spheres connected together. These large round ball-shaped objects had a candy apple metallic globe uh-huh. to them, Shocked he pulled over. Do you reckon this is the same guy who took the ayahuasca? <laughs> <This> <laughs> yeah, is what you
1: happens. should not take ayahuasca and drive. That's the <laughs> message. Shocked I pulled over, watched a short video for Amazon, and then got straight back to the Bigfoot on the balls.
0: <laughs> you know that's the last thing you want is a big foot on your balls.
1: I mean, this even just the like like I've never heard of the idea of a Bigfoot floating around on giant balls this feels like a whole brand new twist to the mythology of your bigfoot your bigfoot is traditionally lingering mysteriously in the woods right
0: yeah it's it feels like they have merged two mythos mythos mythoses, mythologies so there is a thing called orbs have you heard about orbs so no. some people report glowing orbs so mm. They'll post videos, and it's just like it's like a ball of light that appears, you know, and flicks around and, and disappears. Oh yeah,
1: the sun. Talking <laughs> about the sun.
0: No, generally, like it'll happen indoors. Um, yeah. It looks like it's just like a, a trick of light is mm. playing in a camera lens or something like that. But mm. there's people who believe they're spirits or or something supernatural. So it feels mm. like someone has taken ayahuasca and merged their love of Bigfoot with their love of orb mythology. Um, I've never heard them being red and apple metallic. Um, Okay, this is where it gets weird. (laughs) (laughs) Shocked, the driver pulled over and he could see what appeared to be a dead dog, possibly a black and white Sheltie, hanging to the left side of the vehicle from a rope. (laughs) So Bigfoot is just floating along on his orbs and he's maybe caught himself some lunch and he's hanging that lunch from the side of his orbs. So he's off. like
1: fishing or something. He's I been like so. floating around on his orb with a fishing line picking
0: up dogs. Is that- it sounds like – I mean, the artist impression is, yeah, it looks like that. He's been hunting and he's caught this dog and now it's bound to him. It, this is like a low-rent version of the Jeepers mm. Creepers monster. This is what it right. feels like, you know, for Does it fit for- is Very there a chance be, that maybe
1: no. he just forgot – he has a dog and he just forgot it was tied up to the balls when he took
0: it off? <laughs> oh, no, like <laughs> vacation, National yeah. Anthem's vacation. That would be awful. Um, okay, possibly. I mean, if the Bigfoot was drunk, if the Bigfoot uh. had taken ayahuasca. <laughs> right.
1: Why not? Forgotten.
0: I mean, let's combine them all. <laughs> yeah. The figure then flew across the field towards Smith Road. Well, the witness jumped into his car and sped northeast on Sapley Road, where he turned and proceeded to speed at around 70 miles an hour towards Smith Road. I'm confused by that. He got there, turned left, cutting the figure off so he could see mm-hmm. it better. At this point, he realized, uh, at this point, the Sasquatch realized the witness was following it, mm-hmm. and turned around <laughs> and flew in a more <laughs> westerly direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, the driver could not get in a position to see it again after that.
1: Unlikely. I'm just going to stick with unlikely. That, now, that some, just doesn't doesn't even f- follow any sort of okay. narrative or logic at all.
0: Someone earnestly tells you that story, mm. like someone that you trust. Mm-hmm. Someone like yeah. who's a, a no-nonsense friend of ours.
1: I think the sentence that you're actually meant to be saying is someone that I used to trust <laughs> and I'm now suspicious about. It.
0: But honestly, that, do, <laughs> what is your first thought is mm. like, is it mental illness? Is it drugs or alcohol like you go to the logical conclusions first right yeah i mean look
1: here's what i will say people see things and when you see things with your own eyes regardless of whether they might be like you said a trick of the light or like you know there are a myriad of natural and scientific explanations for things that every day that we dismiss as being supernatural so Mm. my immediate thought process would be Yes, something mysterious happened. I'm not sure exactly what it was that was mysterious that you saw. Um, But I I would doubt that it was a Sasquatch (laughs) on three glowing apple balls floating through the field with a dead dog hanging from it that somehow was unobservant enough to not notice that you were trying to chase it down until you finally got there.
0: But it's so specific. Like, it's so specific you know generally when people make stuff up like mm-hmm. they they borrow off what's in popular culture i mean that i've mm-hmm. never heard anything like that so, it's a mashup though it's just a mashup yeah, it's, it's
1: not right. like it's introduced a whole bunch of new elements and just because no one's ever said it before doesn't mean that it must be true in fact By the very scientific method and logic, it might indicate that if nobody's ever witnessed it before, then the likelihood that it isn't true and that it's just explained by something else, right? Yeah. I mean, I am a real Halloween
0: sport, sport, by the (laughs) way, guys. (laughs) Thank you for sticking with us through this compilation episode, this best of TOFOP. We're almost at the end, only one clip to go. And I think it's quite appropriate that uh, it finishes with another story about me almost hurting myself when I decided to do a bit of gardening. Um, As you know, if you're a keen listener to Fop, I I, I don't take a lot of advice on gardening very well. I've had professional uh, gardeners and horticulturists come around and I'll dismiss their advice until inevitably they're proven right. Um, just see the grass grubs episode from earlier this year or was it last year I can't even remember but anyway um, this story relates to me um, uh, trimming some ivy from my house only to find out that it might have been poisonous and uh, I won't sign off after the clip so let me just say goodbye now thank you for sticking with this. Um, hopefully we'll be back on deck sooner rather than later and uh, remember to support us at patreon.com slash go to T V to check out all these clips you've heard they are all available as video clips on YouTube um and is there anything else to promote? No, nah, I think that's it. Uh, the other thing I, I had to tend to was the garden. Um, uh, spring is in full bloom and we have this lovely wisteria that sort of like uh, grows over the front of the house, which had gone a bit wild. And so I just, um, I, without thinking, I just grabbed the, the secateurs, sec- how do you, secateurs, secateurs, sec- sec- secateurs. Uh, what, are they, what are they called? Come on. Sec- secateurs. Sec- secateurs? 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 Secateurs. The, the,
1: the uh, garden scissors. Not secateurs. That's like the three secateurs. That's like a yeah. you know, um, the knockoff brand. Of- yeah, sec- secateurs. So secateurs. <laughs> now now that you've said it all those ways, <laughs> I actually cannot say it. Podcast, Mike, can you just uh,
0: Google the Se- correct pronunciation of How secateurs? do
1: you even spell it? I what would your know. guess be? Like, let's guess at how you spell secateurs. Right,
0: I'll go first. All right, Secateurs. E S S S E C SEC S E C SEC U T I E R S U T I OK
1: You do it guess I have no
0: idea how you spell it Oh it second tears is an S C S S C E C SEC I fuck I don't know I mean OK here we go Mike's we got it
1: uh, it might goes. it's S-E-K-A-T-E-R-E-S.
0: Secateurs. 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 All right. So I busted out the secateurs and I hit yeah. this wisteria. And Iona uh, came out uh, to give Dad a hand. And so I was up the ladder cutting down the, the the loose vines and dropping them on the ground. And she was putting them into a pile for me. And Gemma came out and she's like, is that safe? Like, uh, is, is that fine? And I'm like, yeah, of course it is. Like, why would anyone... <laughs> Hang wisteria <laughs> all over the front of the house in the doorway if it was poisonous. So, Jim goes back in the house, comes up two minutes mm. later and says, yeah, it's, apparently it's very poisonous. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> deadly. Deadly like, poisonous.
0: If you ingest it, it can be fatal. Yeah. Uh, even through the skin, you can absorb it. can cause like a rash or whatever. And I was so – it was like the grass grubs all over again where I was so convinced, having no horticultural experience in my life. Just silence it. You know what I was like? I was like a dude who looked at the coronavirus and was like, I reckon it's not that bad. <laughs> It's just no. like a
1: common cold, isn't it's it? Like, like this wisteria cold. is just like any other plant that won't kill it's, you if you eat it. it
0: it's green. It looks like buffalo grass. It looks like. Why would they grow
1: grass. it outdoors if it was poisonous? It makes <laughs> no sense.
0: And so I, I did. So I trimmed it all, and I wasn't wearing gloves or anything. So I went inside. Jimmy no. gave her a good scrub down, and I was still maintaining that it wasn't that bad because I mm. checked out the, the the Wikipedia entry as well, and it was like you know, generally, it's the seeds. If you eat the seeds uh, or part of the plant, that can be when it's really it shouldn't be ingested, but can cause rash, diarrhea, you know, rash, uh, uh, dizziness, all this kind of stuff. And then I spent the rest of that night like uh, a character from The Thing, just paranoid that the wisteria had got into my bloodstream. Like I, I was sort of feeling a bit, a bit not right, and I'm like, oh. Is no, that is like, it? is it going in my bloodstream? Is this it? <laughs> Am I going to die? <laughs> like if I, and the, uh, the, the conversation I was having in my head was, I will not admit to Gemma that I was sick. Like No, I like, no, no, even, that's why you
1: die. It'd be yeah. extremely treatable if you actually just went and got medical attention, but you refuse to ask for said medical attention because you don't want, you want to prove a point.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I cause I, even when she showed me the, the page entry, I was like, oh yeah, but it says ingested its poisonous. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be fine. You know? And I'm, um, And I have cut that wisteria in the past and not noticed any discomfort, but I'd cut a lot more this time because it was so overgrown. And I was sitting there getting like stomach pains and feeling every little itch on my arm. I'm like, oh my God, here it comes. And then in my head, I'm like, how do I – take the car to get to the hospital without mm. let, without her knowing. But do I have to wait till she goes to <laughs> yeah, sleep? Good. and then No, good plan. Put, <laughs> put the car into neutral and roll it down the driveway <laughs> so she doesn't hear me leave. Get to the hospital, get whatever treatment I need, come back and slide back into bed without her knowing
1: yeah i mean without her knowing is a generous interpretation of how that would go yeah (laughs) i feel like she would find out at some stage and call you and be like where the fuck are you and you'd be like i'm at the hospital i'm worried that i'm dying in a mysterious way and (laughs) I've, i've checked myself in they're pumping my blood